Network presents the Rants and Rave Podcast with hosts Mark, Eric Lima, and Leo Calavera as they give you the latest in sports, video games, around the world, and much more. Let the Rants and Rave begin. Oh, man. Y'all miss me and all that, ladies and gentlemen? I know you do. Man, feels great to be back. After two weeks of having work, man, feels great to be back. But either way, though, thank you very much, Mr. Alex Paris, for that great introduction. Well, good evening, everybody, as we welcome you to the brand new and improved the Flex Network presents Rant and Rave Podcast. And as always, I am Brandon Martin, one of the hosts of the show. And before I introduce the co-hosts of the show, I want to make this announcement right here, right now, to explain why is that. Brandon, why are you joining up with the Flex Network? And also, uh, why did you change the title of that show? Okay, well, yes, and hello, Amber. Well, in that case, though, like last week on a Wednesday, which I talked to the owner of the Flex Network, my good friend, Matt Beck, which he told me to do all the things and all that other stuff, which I, which I won't get into a whole lot, but, you know, just doing this to shut down the Facebook page and all that other stuff. And man, it was tough though, but I had to think about it the next the next few days. And then when it comes to Saturday, I uh, it was along with two other people. They were on the Flex Network. Michael, not and no, not no, not Mike, the, the not the psycho Mike or Michael Bombardier. We love and miss you, man. And also, Eric Snow. And I know they call him the snowman. Kind of fitting, though, in a way. <laughs> but they offered me something which, in which if I did accept the deal, they were offering me to get new equipment like the green screen, new webcam, many others. In which I did take the deal. And, and here I am. The Flex Network do bigger and better things on here. At this time, though, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce the uh, two other co-hosts, which is my good friend, Mr. Eric Lima. Hey, hello, America. Hello. This is a brand new day, a brand new era for the Rent and Raid podcast. Looking forward to it. Hello, Amber Spencer and Total Drama Content Gaming and more. Thank you and for commenting and welcome to the show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Eric. And well, let's just say, though, to introduce our brand new co-host of the Flex Network Presents Rant Rate Podcast. Y'all remember him as he goes by the, the YouTube name of the Scorpion Death Drop. Folks, let me introduce to you Mr. Leon Calavera. What is up, everybody? This is the Templar King and the OG of ranting, Leon Calavera. And I am honored to be the official new co-host of Rant and Rave. So thank you for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely, Leon. Looking forward into the brand new journey and many more adventures to come here on the show and even on the Flex Network as well. So we'll just do a little Q&A, though, as usual, at, on each every episode before we have our interview, which, speaking of the interview, we'll be interviewing the one-legged warrior, Zach Gallon, coming on in about another 20-plus minutes or so. So if you guys have any questions for us on the live chat, please feel free to do so. But I want to ask uh, Leon this question, though. What was it like being the brand new co-host of Rant and Rave? Give me a second, guys. I have traffic coming my way. All right, that's fine. And while we do that, uh, I want to ask everyone how's everybody's day been i'll go ahead and go first since i'm in chronological order so well my day has been pretty good so far you know just got a couple days of working though yeah last tuesday and yesterday and been very busy having some major changes on the show many other things and basically yep i'm heading back to work yet again tomorrow that's basically it. Uh, Eric, how's your day been? Well, my day's, my day's been going pretty good, like I said here um, before we um, had the show started. Uh, Massachusetts, it was pretty cold today. Um, the high was 49, but the wind made it 10, uh, 10 degrees cooler. But I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. I got a little bit of vacation time next week as well so after i get done working this weekend friday uh, to, uh friday and saturday tomorrow on saturday i'll be having a, a little a little vacation and then head back to work may 1st which i'm kind of looking forward to so gonna be good uh yes oh man you know and i forgot the weather in my area well it's actually pretty nice outside though which it was in the 70s mm. So I'm happy about that. You know, thank goodness not from the cold and all that. But that that's just a different story. But, you know, kids, you know, like I said, I've been out of work for, I mean, or just say, let's just say to be more specific in a way. You know, I've been working, though. I'd like to thank Eric for uh, the uh, interim uh, hosting job for me while I was away. And... All right, Leon's back. All righty. Oh, you asked what it was like for me to be co-host while you're away, and all I gotta say, it was pretty good, and it was for be a very long time. Absolutely, man. And another question: How's your day been going? My day's been pretty good, even though I have a session coming up. Where my instructor called me, so if I had to like duck early, that's my that's why. Yeah, that's <laughs> fully understandable. So, man, oh man, my goodness, you know, like I said, great to be back on the show after two weeks, and man, like I said, I'm excited for Zach Gowan for the interview with him, and and I got plenty to say about that, you know. My gosh, pretty, pretty good, to say the least. 
And for along with Amber and uh, my good friend Jay, if they want to ask us any questions, feel free to do so. I forget that's Jay Houston. I do apologize. Yeah, that, that that's fine, Eric. That's that's not a problem. Oh man, this and I know I already got lined up for interviews for the month of May, though, which I already know who that person is, which I will not reveal yet, though, coming up, you know, when it gets closer to that time. Because I know what David is talking. I know David, I know what David is talking about, so which I won't reveal. And and I know I will have a, uh, a wrestler on from Ring of Honor might come on at the end of May. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like oh, that. Oh, Brendan Bogod. Hello, Brendan Bogod. Once again, good people coming in and uh, commenting and greeting us. Yes, absolutely. So, I. Yeah, so somebody from Ring of Honor, huh? This is gonna be really exciting. I remember meeting Matt Taven. Just speaking of which, Matt Taven was one of uh, the guys before he went on to Ring of Honor. He was the t um, top row promotions heavyweight champion here in New Bedford. New Bedford went on the South Coast, um, the wrestling organization here, and he was really, really cool. A really cool dude. And he lost the title to uh, Biff Busick, who would become known as Oni Lorkin. So. I met a lot. Some most of the wrestlers I see you see on TV nowadays, they got their start. Most of them got their start. Mike Bennett was was one. Taven was another. Um, Alicia Edwards was another. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, Orny Lorkin was another. And um, August Gray, another one. So oh, yes, mm -hmm. I mean. For me, though, I did meet some wrestlers along the way, though, when the start of a promotion, my good friend William Quintana started it back in my hometown. You know, prestige wrestling or championship wrestling at the time, though, but because of the copyright issues, they had to take away the championship in the middle of, of that promotion. So either way, I met, gosh, I met Eugene. I met the masterpiece Chris Masters. He didn't oh, the master lock, did he? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 he didn't. Thank goodness. <laughs> we wouldn't get out of it if he tried. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, can you believe it's now 20 years today that Shrek first appeared? Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. My favorite, my favorite song on the Shrek soundtrack, especially I'm a Believer, because I grew up when I was a kid watching the monkeys in the reruns. And I have the whole DVD set of, of the monkeys. And what I'm a believer was a very catchy song back in the day in the 60s. So, but but seeing that song is really, yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Since we're on the t topic of Shrek, uh, so Erica, what is your favorite um, movie from uh, Shrek? I'm going to say the first one. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the first one, the, the original. And oh yeah, the original Shrek because that's all. This it begins and and uh, uh, okay. right, not a problem. 
So and I will ask him the same question when he comes back. So I'll go ahead and answer this as well. I will, I, I, for me, I will say the first one as well. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I did see that as a kid though. Many others, you know, I'll just say Shrek, my, the first Shrek though. I mean, although I haven't got to check it out in quite a while, but I will check it out sometime, see what happens. Oh. Let's see. All right. Okay. Oh well. Uh, any, because I know for my uh, topic, so I'll be talking about after the interview, which is going to be the following, which I know I'll be talking about. Oh yeah, I know one of them on the second one would be the lineup for season three of Dark Side of the Ring, which, mm. which I'm looking. For forward into for season three and a plus SummerSlam having fans which I'll talk more about and of course the match card for Wrestlemania Backlash but I just don't like the name but I will get to that more when we get to a lot more. I know it's not completed as of yet so we have one ways to go till, till that event happens. Yeah I know I'm just more matches added. I know there's a couple of matches happening so far. Okay, uh, okay. Brandon B, Brandon Bogard says, Mine is Shrek 2 because the orange cat appears. And for whatever reason, the Shrek and Ariel Beach scene in that is my favorite scene. Oh, the orange cat, puss and boots. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Voiced by Antonio Banderas. I wonder what he's doing nowadays, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, same, man. I mean, who knows? Yeah, he's an acting legend, there's no doubt. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Last time I heard anything from that dude was from The Expendables. Hmm. Right. You might be right. You might be right about it. Antonio Banderas, I know you know. Was he in The Expendables? I, yeah, I think he was in the third one, I think. Yeah, let, me, let me look that up. There you go, Antonio Bender. It's like he's like every every action actor was in that movie, especially the first three. Um, because I have all three Expendables movie, and let's see if you, if you are correct on that one, Leon. Let's see. Um, I know in 2010 he had a career resurgence. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find out. Go on Wikipedia. This is a whole lot of fun. Um, 2020. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, because you you received a star on the Walk of Fame in 2005. Oh shoot! Resurgence. Oh, hmm. Okay. And Brian Bogart says, and a Shrek Five is still in the works for some reason. Which I don't know why, because the fourth one was said to be the last right. Mm. Hmm. It'd be very interesting. Um, to say the least. Okay, let me try. Um, let me try to look. Expendables three. You are correct. He was in the Expendables movie. Expendables three. He was in. 
Yeah, I knew it was one of them, but I just didn't know which one. Expendables 3, you are correct on that. So. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the same question for uh, Mr. Leon. Uh, what was your favorite Shrek movie? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wasn't really too keen on that movie, but if I were to do the scene, it would be where the dragon eats. What, what was his name? That poor Jesse looking guy. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The first one. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. yeah, I know they were like at a wedding chapel, and the dragon devours the main antagonist. Where, what was his name? Oh. And he looked like almost like a princess sort, but it, it it was like a mix of a prince and a court jester almost. Uh, Tie about great period on Michael Bombardier. Oh, my thoughts on Tie about period. I don't. Um, Tony Tony was was not much of a wrestler, but Tie Valkyrie has done wrestling for uh for a while tied because that, i tory wilson vibe as far as the puppy as far as the dog concerned yeah that's the only thing that of tory wilson that the vibe i get from but as far as uh wrestling experience you got to give it give it to frankie monet on that because she's traveled all over the world basically and so i you know and one of my thoughts, I mean, she's already trying to make her mark already, you know, interrupting uh, Raquel Gonzalez and then interrupting Io Shirai. So this is going to be very interesting to see where Frankie Monet um, goes, which route goes in. And then like, there's like a backhand compliment to uh, Zelda Theorist B. Oh, ZTB, man. ZTB. Yeah, yeah, thank oh, you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, That's so. What, ZTB, shout out to you, dude. Yes. And uh, like I said, so I'm thinking that Frankie Monet, aka Taya Valkyrie, she's gonna make a lot. Of, she's gonna make that women's division even better. So. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on that, you know, Taya Valkyrie, aka Frankie Monet, being on NFC, you know. I mean, props to her though. I mean, well done. I mean, like, like what, what, what you said, Eric. She did travel all the world, you know, wrestling experience and all that other stuff. But as for the uh, Tory Wilson vibe with the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, ZTB. ZTB in the house, commenting. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. To answer the second part, yeah, it is kind of like a Tory Wilson vibe, but like what Eric said, the wrestling uh, experience from Taya has more than, unfortunately, Tory Wilson. Yeah. But yes, uh, you know, 
with the NXT Women's Division is going to be good, going to be on fire. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that would be um, another young lady I would would mention uh, will be my second topic, which I will not um, will get to. Um, I, but there's another a couple of ladies there, Tony Storm and and Zoe Stark. I think those two ladies are gonna gonna have a, a major rivalry after what happened to between those two. So, and I think it's gonna be like I said, the NXT Women's Division is really kicking up a notch. Oh yeah. Uh, and so far, watching Impact, one matchup, the DK um, went up against Good Brothers. Good Brothers won that matchup, and then Good Brothers were addressing Finn Juice. Those tag team titles, and then the Impact roster was giving their input on Swan versus Omega. So, oh yeah, you know that match would be great at Rebellion. Swan Omega, that's gonna be a battle. Everybody will be watching that. You're talking about two title for title, and Charlie. Okay, whatever, Char- I'm in Charlie. By the way, continue. <laughs> okay, anyways, I had a feeling I need somebody who's going to pop up sooner or later. Um, it's going to be a heck of a matchup with two organizations. Both of their belts are on the line. And if it's going to be a huge relationship between Impact and AEW, expect a lot of interesting, more, more interesting things to happen down the road. I'm telling you. I think even in the women's division, definitely. Yes. I like to see Deanna Parrazzo go up against... Um, Hikaru Shida. See how that yep. match goes, because that'll be that will put um, Diana the virtuosa to the test. Or I can see Abaddon and Su Young lock it up. Oh yeah, get a casket, get a casket match. There you go. Absolutely. Abaddon mm-hmm. versus Su Young, or or better yet, if let's say Abaddon Su Young go at in a matchup and then Fire and Flavor attack both ladies, knockouts tag team titles. Oh yeah. Abaddon and Sue Young is bad news for any, any you put those two together and it's a tag team bad news for anybody who's standing in their way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, it's gonna be uh totally crazy. Say the least. Uh, beautiful. So oh man, that is I mean I, with AEW though last night though. Good gosh. Uh, I can't, you know, blood and guts between uh, between uh, Pinnacle and Inner Circle. Come oh, on. yes. That's going to be, that's gonna be, a, that's gonna be a brawl waiting to happen, man. I can imagine what the parlay is going to be like next week. It's going to be nuts. Although I like the way Jericho refers to MJF as my jerk-off friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And Hangman Charlie decided to interrupt his own broadcast to come in here and diss us. Yeah, but either way. Just wait. Why oh, wait? yeah. And, yes, you know, my hype-up video from yesterday, man, I went all bad out bad out of hell with that. Good gosh. Yeah. I, like, I, will, I was a different man, to say it the least. I'm like uh, that reference, my good friend Dan. I'm fight Martin fights. <laughs> that good old Kevin Steen reference, man. Now Kevin Owens. Oh man. 
Although the fun part about Frankie Monet last um, uh, this past year, the night was when she inter interrupts Eo Shirai. And Frankie Monet is acting like she's trying to stick the dog on Eo. He was like, I like cats. And it looks like she's got something in common with Natalia. Because Natalia's always showing off her cats on Instagram and all that. So. Oh, yeah. So I feel like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then, yeah. The uh, TNT title was on the line, of course, with Allen and Jungle Boy. That was a heck of a matchup. Yeah, that's what I meant to say, Brandon Bogart. I get it, what you're saying. DXP. DXP. But, yeah. You know, and, you know, Trent and, and Penta El Zero Miedo. I was like a matchup. Alex Abrahantes, you know, he, I know he's supposed to be there to be his the interpreter for Penta, but it seems like he got more of a role in that, which I was kind of shocked that he would. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you know. I mean, it looks like, you know, to be, you know, although Darby Allen, of course, with Sting. But my have a little bit of a. Oh, uh, this is going to be very interesting, though. My gosh. And even last week, though, like the uh, t the the same same title, balls count anywhere. Good gosh, with with big money, Matt Hardy. That was crazy. It was. You know, but yeah, it was good, to say the least. So I, yeah, Darby Allen was good. It, the fun, the crazy part about that match last um, last night was that you know Luchasaurus was just helping, just being helping uh, Jungle Boy get back in the ring. He was not fighting anything, and then Sting when Sting started arguing with him, he started brawling. I'm like. What Luchasaurus didn't do anything wrong. He was just helping. He was just helping out Jungle Boy. Oh my God! Yeah. And then every knuckle, you know, Ethan, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky. I was surprised they're involved. Uh, they got involved, and then even the crazy part, even the crazy part about that is, is that um, uh, Miro is going to be a wild card in the title title picture. Which title we only want to go after? I'm sure Miro is going to have to wait until. Omega and Swan get over Sunday. He probably would target Dar Darby Allen. If Darby Allen keeps retaining the titles, having that run, I see Miro trying to take that title. But then again, he's worried about Kip Sabian. So yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to wonder if those two are on are on the outs. Oh yeah. You know, I'll say this though. I mean, Miro, he's not messing around to say it the least. I mean. He wants to be a champion. He wants to, yeah. Like if he did go for the tag titles with Kip, you know that'd be all right. I mean, I mean, no. TNT, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean TNT title, but no, the world the world heavyweight title, I don't think so. Not right now. Yeah. When his time comes, I think because you get a lot of great competitors ahead of Miro. That's for sure. Yes. 
Here. Susan's going one on one with Tennille Dashwood. Oh boy. Uh oh, Nashwood's giving Susan a noogie. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, because Tennille Dashwood's won won a match to get her up shot against the virtuosa. Oh boy. Oh. Against the virtuosa. So Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh nothing Boston. I like this. Oh yeah. So any guys got any little questions for us out there or what? So far, yeah. you know. Because ZTB211 giving us a shout out. We appreciate shout outs too. We, we like you guys. And um, Hangman Charlie. Yeah, whatever. Again. again. <laughs> I, keep, I keep seeing that comment from Hangman Charlie. It's like, do you worry about your own show? Worry, worry about your own show and doing the damn thing. Yeah. The, the hell, Charlie. <laughs> Come on now. If I can be real with you two, I think the only reason he's here because I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my goodness. Uh, but that's Charlie for you. He likes to have fun and pick on us and all that. Oh, yes. Uh. <laughs> but then again, this is coming from the same guy that got body slammed by Dan XP. Oh! <laughs> oh! Ouch. Out to Rooney. Out to Rooney, psych of duty. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Just waiting for uh, Zach Gowan to come in. Just sending him a little message. All right. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly what my point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm texting or tweeting out. Okay, he uh, saw it. Good. I'm good. So I'm a message. Hopefully he comes in. Then I will uh, introduce him right away when we get to that. Of course, a uh, time limit of 30 to 45 minutes of his time. So that will be good to know. Probably could get set up first and all that, you know. Right. Not checking the settings as always. And, and most important, audio as well. That's very, audio is very, very important. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of him, there he is. All right, I will go ahead and introduce him right now. Here we go. Well, folks, 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to have this man on here on the show. As he was a, of course, former WWE star and also competed on the American Ninja Warrior. Did many, many, many things. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in the one-legged warrior, Zach Gowan, to the Flex Network. Ladies and gentlemen, hey. thank you for having me. Hey, pleasure to have you. An honor. My pleasure. How are we doing this evening? We're doing, We're doing great. We're wonderful. Good, good. Good for having me. Or thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I'll go ahead and just get this started before we get into your career. So, you know, for this pandemic, though, I'll say this. What was it like for over a year with this pandemic? What's been what, what what's the pandemic been like? Holy cow. That's yeah. uh that <laughs> it's been awful, man. Um it, well I, I I don't I can't say awful because uh all things considered my family and I have have made it out made it out um relatively well. And uh, for that, we're very, very grateful. And uh, I consider I consider um, us blessed for sure, you know. Um, but man, what a traumatic year all around! I mean, you have the the, the you know global pandemic, which is uh, affecting every single uh, live um, in the world. You have all this political divisiveness, mm -hmm. social unrest social injustices and it's all like happening at the exact same moment you know uh while we're locked inside of our houses <laughs> and uh it's i've never personally experienced anything anything like it um but but for us and for me and my family um sure some things were taken away in, in terms of me being on the road with motivational speaking working with students all over the country uh as well as live professional wrestling events. Um, but uh, with that being said, all in all, things are really, really good uh, in my life and in my family's life. And so I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a couple questions on the chat uh, by uh, Emo Yashim. Brandon Bogart says, what was being on American Ninja Warrior like? Dude, that was freaking incredible, man. Like <laughs> I had I I I seriously had no idea how um big that culture is. You know, we talk about like wrestling fandom and um the WWE universe and how devoted uh wrestling fans are to the product. Like Ninja Warrior fans are neck and neck with wrestling fans. Like I had no idea how big it was or how big of a deal it was. I I got casted six weeks before we uh, taped, and so I had six weeks to train, um, which is very specific training for Ninja Warrior. Um, and uh, and then I had to compete against <laughs> like these athletes who train year round and like, this is their WrestleMania moment, you know? So I, I just, I was just a new kid on the scene. I, and, um, it, all in all, the experience was incredible. Uh, I, I, I loved every single moment of it, uh, especially the, the, the training and then doing it live. Um, 
and um, and and meeting new people. But most of all, uh, what was so incredible about it was that NBC decided to air my my segment and really promoted my segment, and it turned out that I had the highest rated. Uh, talking about like TV ratings um, run of season eight of American Ninja Warrior. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm saying that because uh, there's a lot of people who weren't familiar with my story outside of the wrestling bubble. They got exposed to it and, and in turn got inspired by it, you know? Um, and so for me, it was just at the end of the, at the end of the day, an opportunity to carry uh, a message of hope and inspiration to a lot of people uh, and I think that is like the coolest thing ever. And it's, it's really what my life has been about up until this point, you know, uh, searching for platforms in order to share my story uh, to help other people. And, and, you know, that's what that's what gets me up every single morning. So uh, to be able to, to do that on that stage with American Ninja Warrior, with NBC on that worldwide platform was awesome. Just incredible. Yeah. All right. And Michael has also has a question. Zach. What was it like competing in matches against Brock Lesnar in your hometown and John Cena when he went under the Doctor of Thugonomics gimmick? Yeah, that was awesome, man. John Cena was. Uh, here's the thing about John. Like back then, he was the Doctor of Thugonomics, like you said, and he he, he wasn't quite the John Cena as we all know and love today. Um, but he was like you could. There was a feeling in the locker room that this guy was the man. Um, when he walked into a room, he commanded uh, attention. You know, he had that superstar quality, that superstar presence, even though he wasn't quite, uh, you know, at the level uh, of where he is today. Um, and so I understood that being in the ring with him, like, all right, I'm probably going to, I'm probably, I'm probably in a ring right now with a future WrestleMania main eventer for sure. Mm -hmm. I had no idea it would be 18 years of like being on top of WWE, which is incredible mm -hmm. considering the amount of exposure that WWE has nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but it, uh, obviously he was, he, he wasn't the most fluid professional wrestler uh, to be in the ring with, but uh, but you couldn't deny his star quality. And so that was cool to, to share that time and space with John um, and as well as wrestling Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like that was something I was, it sounds weird, but I was really, really excited about wrestling Brock because I knew, uh, especially you, you know, when I was a, when I was a fan, I used to love all of the big guy, little guy matches growing mm -hmm. up. Um, they, they always, I mean, it goes back to freaking, you know, one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon. Like I, I've always loved that dynamic in professional wrestling. And so, especially when I started out, everybody was way bigger than me. You know, never mind the fact that I'm at a, at a disadvantage because I'm missing my limb. But uh, I thought there was a great opportunity to create um, a memory or, or a really special moment with Brock, uh, with it being in my hometown, with my mom and my grandmother and my little brother in the front row. Um, I knew it was going to be pretty violent, but I also was excited at the opportunity of creating a really awesome moment. All right. Uh, Eric, do you got a question for Zach? Yeah, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Uh, my favorite right when I was a kid, it was the ultimate warrior. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, I was way more of a warrior guy than Hogan. I was just at that right age where, you know, Hogan had been around for a while and warrior was a new guy, you know, on the block. 
and the, the muscles and the tassels and the music and the energy and all of that. Like when I was seven years old, just <laughs> totally. Everyone's running like the warrior and shake the ropes a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like a warrior was like for for a seven year old at that time. A warrior totally grabbed my imagination. Oh. Uh, but a, as I grew up, um, my biggest influences uh, were s- some of the the guys who are smaller, like uh-huh. me. Uh, who were athletic, right? Who could, who could, you know, I, I, I remember um, where I was the first time I ever saw Rey Mysterio wrestle. Oh, yes. And it just totally blew my mind. Like there was like, like professional wrestling can be this, you know, with Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. And it was just like, oh, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And then when I got into ECW, it was all about RVD and Sabu. Yeah. They were doing stuff that I've never seen in my life. And I, and it just totally opened my mind up to the possibility of, of what wrestling could be. Because up until that point, it was always like six foot six, 300 pound guys, you know, body slamming giants. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so seeing those guys really opened my mind in terms of what wrestling could be and, and really inspired me to be a wrestler. Um, and then in WWF, it was the Hardy Boys. Like that, the Hardy Boys were my favorite, and they they are still favorites of mine. Uh, you know, like 20, 25 years later, like they're still incredible. Same thing with Rey Mysterio for crying out loud. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, those those are some of some of the guys that I looked up to and that I wanted to emulate as I began my journey as a professional wrestler. I see, I see, I see. All right, Leon, you, do you have a question for Zach? I do. How did Dewey initially discover you? Because I know their methods of finding talent these days is a whole lot different than you were with them. So how they initially find you and what happened from there? Who 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 is that now? How did Dewey initially find you? Gotcha. WWE they uh, I went viral before there was a viral, basically. Uh, I had a dark match with TNA in january of 03 and the wrestling business isn't very big um if i thought it was a lot bigger than it was when i got into it but i had a dark match with tna and then it just the word spread like wildfire like oh my god there's there's a guy with one leg and and he can actually perform um and um and so wwe heard about me i think vince heard about me through you know somebody in the office and then Vince um, sent out the order, hey, we got to hire the one-legged guy, you know, without even knowing what I look like or how old I was or what I could do or not do. Um, it was basically word of mouth and the hype that I got from a dark match that I had in TNA that got me hired initially. So that's a lot different. Than, you're right. That's a whole lot different than what it would be today, man. Like I would be, if if that happened today, they would vet me, you know, inside and inside and out, and and they would have, you know, a whole lot of medical uh, evaluations and all of this, and there'd be meetings set up. But back then, it was kind of the wild west, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I got hired. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm up next. So, what was your childhood growing up? Uh, childhood was, uh, challenging because, uh, you know, I come from a broken home. My father took off when I was four years old and, and then obviously losing my leg to cancer. This is my son. He's saying good night. Good night. 
I will see you in the morning. All right. All right. Go to bed. Good. Love you, baby. Um, basically everything, <laughs> the opposite of what my kids get to experience today, man, which is cool. Yeah. We, we, we grew up poor and, uh, you know, obviously being diagnosed with cancer at eight years old and then losing my leg as a result of that was just incredibly traumatic. But, um, but my mom did the best she could with what she had. Um, all of my success uh, gets credited to her uh, for not allowing me to give up, not allowing me to feel sorry for myself, not allowing me to um, to to reach for for anything less than excellence. Um, and so I'm grateful for my mom. But uh, that's the type of you know childhood that I had, and it was amazing because the, my love of professional wrestling really helped me through a lot of my hardships as a, as a kid. And we're all wrestling fans here, so we can relate to this. You know, when I watch professional wrestling, you know, the, the feelings of inadequacy or the feelings of not quite fitting in, all of that went away. Um, and that's how meaningful and powerful the magic of professional wrestling is for someone like me. Um, and that really carried me through a lot of hard times when I was a kid. Mm. Yeah. All right, Eric. I don't know if you watched the current product in the WWE today. If you have, what do you think of the cruiserweight division down in NXT? I haven't seen much of any WWE programming in over a year. I uh, I just I simply don't have the time to dedicate to watching every week. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's what four or five hours of original programming on every week, and I got three kids. You know, I got have an eight year old, I have a four year old, and I have a six month old baby. And so it's hard to find time to sit down and I didn't even watch a minute of WrestleMania this year. I, and I can't tell you when the last time I didn't watch WrestleMania was, um, I'll catch AEW oh, yeah. uh, from, from time to time. All right. Let's talk um, about that. What do you think of AEW? And well, I, I love, I love the idea of AEW very much as an alternative to WWE. I got, I got to tell you, man, another, another big reason why I haven't watched any WWE programming is because it's really hard for me to watch without an audience. Like how yeah. can you watch like professional wrestling is contingent. It's, it's foundation is built on live audience interaction and participation. And you can't simulate that with a video screen. Like they, WWE has, has tried and they've done a really, really good job, you know, building their dome and, and having the virtual, fans there but it's just not the same and there's a huge element missing and i it just uh, it you know imagine watching rock versus hogan without a crowd in toronto like it, it would just it would be like a very below average wrestling match <laughs> you know I mean? like the crowd is what makes wrestling special um and so so I like AEW because they have the small crowd, right? They have the wrestlers around the ring and, and there's some interaction there. Uh, but they also have, you know, a number of my friends are, are there as well. And I, I want to see them shine on a national stage. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I love uh, I, I love the idea of an alternative to WWE and everything in their presentation. They try to be different than WWE um, with their promos and, and the way they you know, wrestle in their matches and, and their storylines and things like that. So I find that now um, at this moment more intriguing than, than what I see in WWE. Right. All right. All right. Leon, you have another question? I do. Match in specific that you were a fan of that you said yourself, this is going to be me one day. 
You talking about a particular wrestler? For you, yes. Yeah, I, I think um, Rey Mysterio won um, because I never saw a guy that size do the insanely athletic um, wrestling style that he employed and still employs to this day. And I thought to my, when I saw Rey Mysterio for the first time, I thought to myself, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. So the question of, you know, um, the the doubt entering my mind of being a professional wrestler wasn't based on the fact that I was missing my limb. As weird as that sounds, I never really thought of I thought of it as a hindrance or something that could help me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the handicap for me would be someone my size. You know, even today I weigh 165 pounds, which is very very small uh, for a professional wrestler. So when I saw Rey Mysterio for the first time, a guy very small in stature, execute these incredibly athletic maneuvers. I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I could do that because I could do all of the athletic display that he was, that he was putting on. Like I could emulate that. Like I could say to myself, you know what? I could do an Asai moonsault or I could jump off the top rope or I can do a flip into this, you know? And so when I saw Rey Mysterio do all of that, that, that gave me hope that maybe I could be a professional wrestler as well. Um, and then Sabu took it to a whole new level, man. Like when he started busting out the triple jump moonsaults and the tables and the chairs and all that, like I'm like, that's the kind of wrestler I want to be like. So when I started wrestling, I really wanted to be the one-legged Sabu. Like I wanted to wrestle that style. Um, and every now, every now and then I, I get a little bit of, of latitude at these independent shows and they allow me to wrestle like that. Um, and I just have the time of my life because I'm living out my dream that I had when I was 16, 17 years old, you know, wrestling like the one-legged Sabu. Um, unfortunately, I can't do it as much as, as I want because, you know, promoters have a certain vision or an idea of what they want to present to their crowd. Um, and with me, it's such a natural story. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't make much sense for me to, you know, jump off stuff and go through tables and all that kind of stuff, but uh, which I understand, you know. Uh, so when I start, but listen, when I start promoting my own shows and I'm the promoter, uh, you, you're going to see me wrestle a lot differently than what, you, what, 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 what you've been accustomed to over the past 18 years. Yeah. yeah I All right. Well, I have another question. What was it like being trained by Tommy Johnson and Truth Martini? It, it was, um, I mean, I credit I credit those guys because they they opened up the, their ring to me and they allowed me to get in the ring and teach me how to you know bump and how to uh, uh, they they gave me the end to the wrestling business that that I needed. But how do you train someone if there's nothing to if there's nothing to emulate from right? And by that I mean there's never been a one-legged professional wrestler. So how do you train? this guy to hit the ropes? How do you train him to post for a body slam? How do you train him to pick a guy up if there, if it's never been done before? So a lot of my training was, I had to train myself basically um, and figure out what to do and when and how to do things because um, I can't do things at like normal wrestlers do. 
And so, um, so I do credit those guys. They're great trainers. Both of both of those guys are, are, are amazing trainers. Um, and I thank them so much for, for opening that door and allowing me to come in, but for the actual day-to-day training, I had to teach myself, you know, cause I, so I'd be in class with the other students and we learn how to do a body slam that day, for example. And for me, I had to learn how, how would I do a body slam? You know, how can I do it safely and effectively, but also, uh, in a way that makes sense, you know? How do I climb to the top rope? Because I climb differently than everybody else. How do I hit the ropes? Because I hit them differently than everybody else. So a lot of the training was trial and error on my part. You know, I had to figure out what works and what didn't, and just kind of like um, put it all put it all together through trial and error. And then, you know, my, I mean, my training didn't stop after I was done with wrestling school. Um, most of my learning came from being on the road and wrestling in front of different crowds and figuring out what crowds reacted to and why most importantly, um, and how to put all of that together in a cohesive match. Um, that, that something that I'm proud of something that gets my opponent over, uh, something that gets me over and something that gets the promotion over. And so a lot of the education in the, in the world of professional wrestling, most of it happens after wrestling school. All right, uh, Eric. I got a good question for you. What is it like wrestling Vince McMahon? <laughs> it's fun, man. <laughs> if you ever get the opportunity to punch a billionaire in his face as hard as you can, <laughs> do it. Because <laughs> it feels really, really good. It's It was great because he's not a wrestler. Right. You know, like he, he doesn't understand the the – the nuances and the intricacies of of being in the ring with someone and putting you know a story together with our bodies and so there was a point in the match where i don't know i think it was early on in the match he had me on the ground and i was like fighting my way out right. and um so i'm i'm giving him like these like good wrestling punches you know and he's not selling for me and i'm trying to figure out like why is who do you think he is? There's, who am I wrestling? Bill Goldberg? Like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> saw the punch, Vince. And then he looked at me and he's like, kid, if you want me to sell, you're going to have to punch me for real. <laughs> like in the middle of the match. So I, so I thought to myself, like, all right, no problem. Boom, boom! I started punching him as hard as I could. Then he started selling a little bit, you know. But it was, dude, it was wild, man. I mean, I'm 20 years old. This is a pay per view main event, and I'm in the ring with with Vince McMahon, um, and they entrust me, who at this point I probably had 15 matches ever, uh, and Vince is 53, 54 years old, and they're entrusting me to have a decent presentation of a professional wrestling match in this spot uh on the card with vince mcmahon and you know that it was incredible it was awesome you know (laughs) all right leon there was this one clip on youtube where in your feud with brock lesnar he pushes you down the stairs so run me through what that was like yep um so uh, some people may know this, some some not. That wasn't actually me getting pushed down the stairs by Brock Lesnar. They actually brought in a stunt double, a professional stunt double from Hollywood, 
to take that fall. So the, the fall did happen. There was a young man in that wheelchair who fell down those two flights of stairs with that wheelchair chasing after his head. Uh, but it wasn't me. Um, and thank goodness, because I don't know how. Listen, I know how to get body slammed. I know how to jump off the top rope. I can sell a punch, you know, but fall downstairs with a wheelchair chasing. I don't, I don't, I have no idea how to do that safely. And so I'm grateful they, they brought somebody in who's a professional uh, to be able to do that for me. Right before we, uh, they were going to film it, Vince pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, you know, kid, uh, if you want to take the bump down the stairs, you can do it. I'll let you. And I said, Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. So I, I didn't mind saying no to Vince, but, uh, but yeah, so they brought in a professional to do that, that, that fall for me. Easy evening option. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you this question. What was it like being on ring of honor? It was great. I, um, you, you got to understand when I start, started wrestling, um, ring of honor, this is all at the same time. Ring of Honor and TNA had just started. So I started wrestling in early 2002. Um, and this is back when Ring of Honor and TNA uh, had just started. And so when I saw that first main event, right, which was, was a low-key Chris Daniels, um, Xavier, I think, in the three-way dance or something. And it, it was just, like, mind-blowing because that is the type of wrestling that I love, you know. Uh, that fast-paced, athletic, hard-hitting style. Um, and when I watched TNA, I would see the X Division. And I'd say to my, you know, AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn and all those guys, and I'd be like, that's the type of wrestling that I want to do uh, or that I'm interested in. And so uh, so the, to have opportunities with both of those companies has, has been incredible. You know, wrestling has really given me more, a, a lot more than I actually deserve. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's important for me to remember that um but i i value my time in, in in ring of honor very much and um i think it's important to have um i i think it's important for the wrestling business as a whole to to make sure that there are companies like ring of honor and there are companies like impact wrestling out there not only surviving but thriving because they give you know young talent a place to work hone their skills uh, reach a new level of audience and get better, you know? So, so for the business as a whole to be super healthy, uh, which is what I want, uh, it's important for these companies to exist, not only exist, but to thrive. So, uh, I, I definitely value my time in ring of honor. I was there. God, I feel like they had a new, a new booker every other year or something, you know, like I think Adam Pierce was booking, Gabe was booking, Delirious was booking at, at different points uh, when I worked there. But, um, but I, I definitely always valued my time with that company for sure. Awesome. All right, Eric. Let's see what you're going to come up with a good question here. Uh, okay. If there was any, uh, was there anyone in the WWE you wanted to fight, but didn't get a chance to? Um, step in the ring with, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, when I was there, um, probably, uh, probably the Undertaker, man. Like that, 
I'm just thinking about guys that were that were there when I was there. Yeah. Uh, and I was on SmackDown and, and Taker was the was was the big dog. I mean it was Taker and Brock and and Kurt Angle and I shared a ring with with uh Brock, obviously. We yeah. talked about in Kurt Angle as well. Um, but I've never been in a ring with Taker and I was in a ring with Hogan and Piper for crying out loud. <laughs> like it feels weird for me to say, Oh man, I wish I would have wrestled with that guy because of mm-hmm. all of the incredible talent that I had the opportunity to spend time and space mm-hmm. with in a wrestling ring. Uh but somebody I never got in the ring with was 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 the Undertaker. Man, how cool would, would have that been for me, you know? That would be something. You ever met him? Yeah. I did. Yeah. He was on the road with us. Uh, the first time I met him, I was really, really scared because he's so intimidating, you know, oh, yeah. like I, oh, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid he was going to walk up and choke slam me or something, but I was just like starstruck almost, you know, and, and he's walking down, walking along this, you know, long corridor, dragging his bags. And uh, I see it's the, ta- it's the undertaker. Right. So, I'm not really sure what to do. It's one of those moments where you're not really sure what to do. Right. Yeah. And so you're, you're just like, uh, okay. So I, I walked up to him and I said, you know, hello, Mr. Taker. My name is Zach. Nice to meet you. I'm part of the crew and, uh, you know, I'm grateful to be here. And uh, he said, hey, nice to meet you. And I, and I go, um, can I, you know, carry one of your bags? Can I help drag one of your bags? And uh, he, he looked at me right in my eyes and he goes, F off, kid. <laughs> he told me to F off, right? And so I start shaking in my boots, man. I go, oh no, did I do something wrong? Like what it and then he starts laughing, right? And it was obviously was just kind of ribbing me in it, which put me at ease, thank God. But yeah. uh, but it was one of those moments which where it's like you don't really know what to do. And it's, he's, he's such an icon oh, yeah. and he's such a absolute superstar. Uh, that you want to make a good first impression with them, oh, sure. um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, and it's something that I'll I'll always remember for sure. Oh, definitely. I, oh, yeah. Taker's one uh, is a legend and a half. Let me tell you. Yeah. Leon, what was the average salary for your average wrestler when you were in WWE? I don't know what the average. I I know what I made, um, and WWE took care of me. Uh, I, I made more money at 20 years old than I ever knew was possible, <laughs> especially when they're, they're paying me to do something that I would do for free anyway, you know? Uh, and so to, to be uh, kind of part of the team and get compensated like a WWE superstar uh, was, was pretty incredible. Well, you know, talking about, what was that before, after, you know, what do you call it? It's like, yeah, what was that addiction, you know, what happened to you, you know, at, after, you know, like, with, you know, if you want to do want to talk about, like, the drugs and all that, feel free to do so. Yeah, sure. I, I got, I'm, I'm an open book. And um, uh, the greatest accomplishment of my life has is, is been uh, my sobriety. Uh, I've been sober for for over 11 years now from uh, from anything mind altering, um, any sort of drugs, any sort of uh, of alcohol, anything that would alter my mind, I stay away from. Um, and everything that is good in my life is a result of of my recovery and my sobriety. And so it's important for me to talk about it and to acknowledge it to 
to to to to somehow try to keep my ego in check, right? Which is like, hey, listen, you know, all of all of the goodness in my life isn't a result of me because of my talents or my abilities. It's it's a result of of my inability to control my drinking and my drug use, you know. So it's a very humbling uh, uh, factor. And it's something that needs to be recognized. Um, but, you know, I left WWE and my partying just increased and my work decreased. And it was just like this crazy for a number of years, like this insane roller coaster that I was on. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for someone like me who's an addict, uh, I had to learn that that I was dealing with something that I couldn't control. That was beyond my power of control, you know. I didn't. I didn't want to use. I didn't want to destroy relationships. I didn't want to uh, burn my career to the ground. Um, but I couldn't. I couldn't help it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't control it. You know, and um, it took a you know a humbling admission a, admission of that of that fact that allowed me to to put me on a road on a road to recovery. Um, and since being sober, you know. Uh, I've been able to rebuild my wrestling career. I've been able to start new careers. I've been able to uh, get married, start a family, uh, and and be of service to, you know, not only my family but to my community as well. So sobriety for me is the most important thing that I have. Uh, it's my priority. Uh, from it, all you know, all, all good things come from it, and so it's something that you know I, I pray I continue. But uh, but if you're struggling out there. Uh, just know that there's a way out, you know? Um, I mean, I had some dark days where I really felt hopeless. Uh, you know, I felt damned if I do, damned if I don't, you know, because I'm not dumb. I, 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 I knew that the problem was that was the drinking and the drugs. And so I would stop them completely. But for someone like me, when I stopped using and I stopped drinking, my life became worse. Um, and I couldn't control my emotions and I couldn't have conversations and I couldn't honor my word and I couldn't make commitments and honor them. Um, and the anxiety and the, and the depression and the insanity just grew and grew and grew until I would uh, get to the point where I would have to, you know, use or drink just to quiet the noise that was going on in my head. Um, and then when I would do that, my life would get worse. Because now all of a sudden, now I still have all the issues, but you're adding alcohol and drugs on top of it, you know? And so I would, I would, for two years, I would try to quit on my own and I would start again and I would quit on my own and I would start again. And my life continually kept getting worse until I got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm scared. I don't know what to do and I need help because I really felt like I was dealing with something way bigger than me. And it's a very, very scary feeling. Um, but that was, that was like the turning point for me in my life. And so if, if any of our listeners out there are struggling, uh, with, with, with drugs, with alcohol, with, uh, uh, um, self-harm, um, eating disorders, things of that nature, uh, just know that, that if it's something beyond what you can deal with, there is help out there and that recovery is possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Eric. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you enjoy besides wrestling and being with your family? You know, very much so. I enjoy, um, I enjoy working with students across America. Ooh. I'm a youth uh, empowerment expert, 
Uh, meaning pre-pandemic, I traveled the country and worked with elementary, middle, high school kids, college kids, uh, with their families, with their instructors, with their teachers. Uh, and we try to change the culture and change perspective and, and give hope. And I do that. And it's, and it's very similar to wrestling, right? In wrestling, we get on stage and then we tell a story with our bodies um, for a very specific moment, for, for a very specific reaction. Um, and, and I, I do that with my speaking career as well, but I don't do it. I don't have to take chair shots. I don't have to get power bombed. I don't have to get body slammed on concrete to do it. You know, I can be in front of, you know, 2000 kids share my story using my word. And then, and, and then, and then, and then with, with an end goal, uh, a certain objective, um, or an impact in mind. Uh, while I do this and, and, um, to me, it's, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's so cool because for the longest time I, I put, I put myself in a box of like, Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a wrestler. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be on the road when I'm 50, 60 years old. And this is what I do. And it's like, no, it's like, we can be so much more than what we think we can, you know, we can be so much more than, than what the outside world perceives uh, perceives us to be. And, uh, for me to, to step outside of my comfort zone, cause I'm comfortable in a wrestling ring, man, you get me in a wrestling ring in front of a few hundred people, give me 10 to 15 minutes and I'll, I'll, I'll put on a show. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll look good doing it. You know, like I've, I've very, I have lots of confidence in my abilities as a professional wrestler. Um, but to try something new and to not be very good at it in the beginning, uh, and to learn a new skill and to, you know, apply the principles that I learned in wrestling to other aspects of my career, like speaking or like teaching DDP yoga. I'm a, I'm a level one DDP yoga instructor oh, awesome. and I get to, you know, run classes and I get to share that with, with lots of people as well. And so to be able to, to, to take what I, what I've learned in wrestling and apply it to other aspects of my life has been such a cool experience. Um, and it's really, uh, allowed, allowed me to grow, uh, as a person, you know? And so I think, you know, for it, it all started in that, in that tiny little wrestling school when I'm, you know, 18 years old. Uh, but those same principles apply to every other aspect of my life, man. And I, and I, and I get to share, uh, not only the principles, but my story in hopes of inspiring, um, and planting seeds of hope for people. And I think that's the coolest thing ever, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Leon. In my last question, you mentioned Hollywood, which is very coincidental as I'm attending film school at the moment, which I ask you this question. What were some of your favorite films growing up? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, favorite films growing up. I think, I think one of the best movies ever made, and I just saw it in theaters as well. Um, a buddy of mine rented out a theater and, uh, and they showed this movie. So I got to see it for the first time in theater, but I think back to the future is one of those movies that is so absolutely perfect in terms of its script its story, its beginning, middle, and end, how interesting it is, what the characters are like. Like, like to me, it's like the perfect movie. Um, and so the fact that I got to see it on a big screen for the first time 
uh, a few months ago, and I got to bring my kids to it, so they get they got to watch it for the first time as well. Uh, I think that's really cool. I I love I love Back to the Future. Um, let's see, growing up, I I loved. Um, do you guys remember the movie The Wizard? Oh yeah, The Mario Wizard. Movie. It was. I know that one. It was a Mario three commercial. Yep. <laughs> like it, for an hour and a half, for before Super Mario three came out, it was a Mario three hype video, and it was the first time we got we got to see gameplay footage right at the end, where he's like, "Get oh, yeah. the, use the whistle, use the whistle." Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, you we all had those movies when we were kids that we just watch over and over and over and over. And for me, like. The Wizard really struck uh, that nerve for me. Uh, but I think my favorite movie of all time, or the movie that I've seen the most, the movie that I could quote word for word, uh, is the movie Friday with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. And it's it's like my oh, yeah. wife could my wife can watch any movie uh, like once, and the next time she. First of all, I don't I don't understand people who watch movies over and over and over again. I, I don't get it. I already know what's going to happen. I've watched it. It was cool. Let's move on. Let's yeah. have a new experience. My yeah. wife is one of those people that will watch a movie over and over again uh, yeah. that she loves, and she she'll she'll say every single word with 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 a script and as it's happening. Uh, and I never really understood that until I watched Friday. And Friday is one of those movies where you could like put it put it on at any point in the movie, and I'll quote it word for word, and I'll watch it to the end. Uh, another movie that I think is one of the best of all time is, is Shawshank Redemption. Um, just beginning, middle, and end. Like what an a just an epic journey, uh, and, and full of twists and turns, and dialogue, and script, and just the way it was shot, and characters. I think uh, I, I don't think you're gonna get better. If, if you talk like movies, uh, then Back to the Future and Shawshank Redemption. I think those two are just like they if if they, if they don't teach the if they don't show those movies in film class, and I'm not really sure what we're doing here, you know. Mm. Good choices. Yes. All right. Well, we can go for a few more questions. So I'll go ahead and go first. What advice do you give a brand new professional wrestler? So my, my advice to any brand new professional wrestler is get a reliable automobile, get a group of guys that you can trust and, um, and bond with and, and a group of guys that, 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 that will help push you and you will help push them and hit the road, wrestle in front of as many different audiences as you possibly can. Like there, like I said earlier in this interview, most of the education will happen through wrestling. It won't happen at wrestling school. Wrestling school will just give you the opportunity to learn more, and you do that by wrestling. Same thing with any stand-up comedian or any musician. If you want to get better, you have to get on stage. You have to get those minutes in. You have to get those reps in um, because you have to figure out what works and what doesn't. Most importantly, why. You have to figure out why, you know, if, if I wrestle this particular way in Memphis, Tennessee, why doesn't that stuff get over in Chicago, Illinois, right? And so you have to understand different audiences, different promoters, and you have to be exposed to it all. But the only way you're going to get better is if you get stage time, get minutes on stage. In other words, 
getting your butt into a, into a wrestling ring and don't expect to get rich because you're not like you're, you're going to lose money. Um, and it's the first four or five, six years of, of wrestling. Um, so get a, get a job that, <laughs> that can support your wrestling habit in terms of getting your weekends off and letting you to, you know, take certain days off for wrestling shows. Uh, but the only way you're going to get better is if, if you get in front of an audience and you work as much as you possibly can. Now there are ways to mitigate losing money, right? You can, you can develop a character, you can sell merchandise, you can market yourself. And that's a whole different conversation. You know, what, what I, what I hope to do in Detroit is open up this, a very uh, comprehensive or, a wrestling school. Not only will, you know, will you learn the basics in terms of like, hitting the ring and taking falls and doing moves and, and all of that. But I, I want to share with you my knowledge of, of, of marketing yourself, of, of, of knowing how to conduct yourself uh, with promoters, with fans, how to, how to establish relationships and massage those relationships, how to add value to every single show you're on so that we can advance your career. And I, I hope to do that soon here in the uh, Metro Detroit area, because um this area really, really needs something like that. And I think most areas do, uh, but I live here. So I see it on a daily basis. Uh, we, we, you know, the, the, this kind of goes back to our ring of honor impact wrestling talk, the healthier, the business is on this level, uh, on, on an independent level, uh, the better it is for everybody else, you know? And so it starts with us and, uh, I, I want to see those changes made, but, uh, but for young wrestlers, it's simple. Get a group of guys, get a car, and hit the road. That's it. Nothing can re- nothing can replace actual ring time at wrestling shows. You you can't replicate that in a wrestling school. You have to do it in front of an audience. So, all right, uh, Eric. Okay, what is the best advice you have gotten throughout your career in wrestling? Oh, the best advice. I've gotten is um, don't quit before the miracle happens uh, because that's when we, that's when we want to give up, you know, like that's when, when the night it's always darkest before dawn. Right. And these, but these are cliches, but they're cliches for a reason because they're true. You know, a, a lot of times, not only in wrestling, but in life, um, we, we, we're working towards something and it's a struggle and, and there are setbacks and there's detours mm-hmm. and there's construction. And at a certain point we start asking ourselves, you know, what, is this really worth it? Do I, do I really want to continue doing this? Um, and it's at that moment, a lot of us give up or quit or try something else. You know, we say, Oh, you know what? Maybe it's not for me. Uh, maybe it'll, it'll never happen. Uh, but I've also been on the other side of that where it's been construction, it's been detours, it's, it's, it's been road roadblocks and, um, I've wanted to give up, but I've had people, coaches, mentors, uh, pull me aside and say, you know what, Zach, you know, they've given me that encouragement. You're on the right path. Keep going, you know? And, um, and by doing that, I've been able to find that miracle, but, uh, but sometimes we can't even see the, 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 the goal or the miracle. Sometimes we think it's way, way ahead of us down the road. Uh, but in all actuality, it might be in the next alleyway to the right. That's only seven or eight steps ahead of us. 
And because we can't see it, we don't know that it's that it's there. We don't think that it's there until we stumble upon it and we realize, oh, like the struggle that I went through was so I could be here in this moment, which will lead to the next moment, you know. So uh, the the idea of of having strong relationships, uh, strong mentorships, people who have walked the path before me, who have been able to show me the path. Um, and give me encourage to walk. It has been invaluable, and it's something that I I want to I want to pass off to the next generation. Um, not only with the students that I that I work with, uh, but also um, the next generation of professional wrestlers as well, because wrestling has given me an immense number of gifts, and um, I, I want them available for uh, for everybody. You know, I want everybody to eat, and so. Uh, so I think I have a responsibility to help out the next generation as much as I possibly can, uh, the same way the previous generation has helped me out. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, Leon. Um, I'm going to pass on this one. All right, that is totally fine. Well, Zach, uh, thank you for joining us on the show. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for ordering that cameo. Uh, that was certainly uh, how I, I don't do a lot of podcasts simply because it's it's hard to carve out time to do them, you know. And yeah. so, uh, so when you guys want to help support me, then then I try to uh, reach back uh, and do everything I can to do that, man. Because at the end of the day, listen, we're all wrestling fans. We all love talking about it. We all love experiencing it, reliving moments, because uh, wrestling is important to us. And so, uh, so anytime that I can participate in that and add to the magic of professional wrestling, then then I feel obligated to do so. Um, so I thank you, gentlemen, for having me on your show. Good luck with the with the rest of the show, and we'll talk soon. And yeah, one more thing before we wrap it up, uh, can you tell us where they can find you on social media? You got it. Uh, everything is at Zach Gowan, all one word. All right. Easy peasy. Yeah, thank you very much, Zach. Hey, y'all have a good one, all right? All right. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you, too. Zach Gowan, everybody. That was awesome. He is an inspiration, and I think everybody can learn a lot from what he has told us. And it's- I was going to tell you this when Zach was on, but Chai was ribbing you over there, having the word sold out over your screen. You know, thank you. Uh, you know what? I could give a shit less about that, but who cares? But either way, we're going to stay positive the best we can. But that being said, folks, we're going to start our topics. <laughs> we love you very much, Jordan Little. Let's go, ho! Uh, All right. To start which, I got word. I'm watching Impact right now. Rachel Ellering has made her Impact debut, coming to join Grace's aid. And it oh, seems wow. like Jordan Grace has got herself a partner. I think Jazz picked the partner, and Rachel Ellering will be the partner with Jordan Grace for those knockout tag team titles. Gotta like that. Yes, absolutely. Either way, Leon, you start off. Yep, I might as well do the second topic first because we just got an update when it comes to that situation. Oh. As some of you may know, some re- released talent recently were sent trash bags. And I went through my Facebook a few minutes ago. Triple H found out about the situation. And the person that was involved is now fired. 
Ah, yes. So the person that brought out the trash bags is fired? Yep, by Triple H. Triple H? Way to go, Triple H. Way to go, Triple H. About time, too. Yes. I knew I knew someone was behind it that is not representing the company very well. So, and Triple H found out good. 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 I'm very happy about that. Triple H ain't playing around. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, that's basically your topic there, uh, Leon? Yeah, the first one. Okay. All right. Now I can go on to uh, my turn for my first topic, which is there was a rumor that they are going to have with SummerSlam 2021 in the books. They're going to have live fans like they did for WrestleMania 37 in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Hmm. Which, the, you know, which the crowd wasn't, was pretty good, to say the least. It was decent. So it was. Like over twenty five thousand people were in attendance at night one and two of WrestleMania, and if if it is was confirmed, then they might take place either at probably it's going probably either at Amway Center, who knows? But right now it's basically going to be back at the uh, USF uh, Arena, mm. so. And if you want to get guys give your thoughts on this, uh, Eric. Hmm. So, suppose the crowds there at SummerSlam is that we asking? Yeah, the fan live fans. Yes. I hope I hope they do that. I hope they somehow somehow do that. It'd be it'd be great to um, have fans back in the arena again, and like WrestleMania, you know, uh, you see how moved Ray Ripley was about that, you know. So I I think. Uh, I think it's going to be good if you get fans back in the arena. That's great. I know they're going to get the proper protocols for safety and everything else, and you know we'll see what happens. I'm I'm interested in it. Yeah, same question to you, Leon. I think WrestleMania 37 was more of a test run to see how people would perceive it, and they got very positive feedback from it. And I think they're going to do that more and more as the <coughs> COVID thing starts to like simmer down. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I, I I I I have to agree with you, Leon. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yes, and uh, do I have anything else to add on? Well, I think that'll be it for my first topic. Eric, you're up. Well, as you know, um, some of us also are game show fans as well as wrestling fans. As you know, in about a couple of months, uh, oh, before that, Jimmy Fallon started getting live audiences again. Okay, very good. Thank you, Brandon Borgard, Emo, and Yuasha for that update. Um, as you know, uh, Pressure Luck is coming back in a couple of months, June 9th on ABC on a Wednesday. I like to call Whammy Wednesday. My question is, and this is going to be a very interesting question. I forgot to do this. Will we see our first million-dollar champion on the show? That's. I'm hoping that we do. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that we do. I. We have a few contestants, a couple of contestants that came close. I think Ryan came the closest of anybody. So, uh, mm. oh, Eric Snow says, "Well, if you're WWE, it's going to take some baby steps. Oh yeah, to get fans back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But AEW can start to have more fans slash full arena into Daly's place. I, you know, Eric Snow has got a point there. I mean, I think, like I said, WrestleMania, like Leon said, WrestleMania was a test run. So I want to see that $100,000 winner. I'm right, I'm right with you. I'm hoping that we see a hundred thousand, uh, no, hundred, a million dollar winner on Pressure Luck. Yeah, <laughs> it can be achieved. And it, oh, listen, Ryan was was the closest to it. I mean, he was like a, what about seven, a little over seventeen thousand dollars shy of that. And if, if he had not whammy the one of the spins, or used one more spin, or got an additional spin, he would have he would have gotten it. Oh yeah. So, so I'm hoping we see one this year. So that's my first topic. And actually, uh, Eric, you can get to do your second topic. All right. I'm starting. Well, as you know, we're talking wrestling here. And uh, Saray, the international sensation from the land of the rising sun, made her debut this past Tuesday night against Zoe Stark, picking up the victory. And a lot of people liking Saray. Um, you know, Asuka, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, Io Shirai giving their support to Saray. Um, I see a lot of big things coming from this young lady. And. And she was like very young, 25. So she already had 10 years' experience. That's even the cooler part. So I think sky's the limit for her. And especially with the, with the stack, but it's going to be tough with a stacked NXT women's division. Like I say, you got Raquel Gonzalez now the champion. Io Shirai still waiting to shot, but she's resting up. You got Frankie Monet, you know, Tony Storm, Zoe Stark starting to come on her own. So, and you got Dakota Kai also, you know, and Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell. But this goes on, so I think uh, Saray's got a long way to go. I think once she gets there, she'll get there, and I'm looking forward to see what she can bring to the table. All right, uh, Leon, you're up for your se- for your next topic. Okay, I'm going to get to my second topic, and I'm just going to throw this disclaimer out there: trigger warning for those who are about to cringe at the story I'm about to tell you because. It's probably one of the craziest stories out there to date. So I watched this commentary channel called Tipster. So there's there's been this story going around of EDP four four five. And for those who don't know, I'll give you a little run of who he is. He's like one of the originals on YouTube. He does videos on like the Eagles and whatnot. So it's been recently exposed that he's doing some pedal stuff. And one of the Predator Poacher channels caught him red-handed. And keep in mind, the channel that caught him has been in contact with him since February. So they recently caught him. And you know how most of these people like deny stuff and everything, but with the video that they released, he didn't even deny it. He admitted to everything. Mm. Wow. And I know what you're talking about, Leon. Oh my God! <sighs> my gosh! Won't mention a name either way. But either way, it, is that your uh, second topic, there, uh, Leon? Yes. Okay then. Well, with that being said, before I get into uh, my next topic, we got our usual sponsors here on this one. We'll first start off with. Jesse Carter over here at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. We'll go ahead and fire that one right now. Okay, here we go. What's going on, Rant and Rave listeners? Do you like listening to wrestling interviews? Well, you're going to be going to the right place. Come check out my podcast, The Pro Wrestling Shoot, with your host, Jesse Carter, where 
where we do interviews with pro wrestlers, music guests, reviews of current product, and reviews of old product. If you like listening about wrestling, you'll love listening to my show. Come check us out and give us a follow on Facebook at The Pro Wrestling Shoot, Instagram at The Pro Wrestling Shoot, on Twitter you can follow me at Carter Inc. C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. And then we're also going to be doing some live streams on Twitch and YouTube shortly. You can follow us on there at The Pro Wrestling Shoot. Go ahead and go over there and give us a subscribe so that way that you know when we're going to be dropping content, you'll be notified right away and you can get started on the action. Come on over to anchor.fm to follow the podcast, The Pro Wrestling Shoot. You can also catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's available everywhere. Come check us out. All right, let's get back to what's more important. That's the podcast. All right, and we'll go on to the next one, which is Alex Paris talking about 25. Coming soon to YouTube. Looking for a channel that has awesome game shows, TV shows, and live streams, all created by Alex Paris? Well, the 25 has that answer for you. Coming mid 2021, an all new YouTube channel created by Alex Paris. Brings you to 25, where we have game shows such as Bonzi's Jungle Challenge, Million Dollar Sharks, and Plank of the Game Show, along with other shows and awesome live streams. Launching mid-2021, you're watching the 25. All right, we'll have Danny Lewis's uh, favorite word, Red Bubble. Either way, take it away. Hi there, this is Danny Lewis from the Lock It In Podcast, telling you folks here at the Rant and Rave Podcast that you can buy such great things like the Jordy Gecko t-shirt, the Shut Up Phone Pillow, and the Dead Boy Shower Curtain only at my Redbubble store. I will put the link in the chat when appropriate, so stay tuned for more designs in the future. Thank you. And finally, but certainly not least, the uh, David 3000 talking about the David 3000 Network. As content such as TV All right. We're going to reset again. Do apologize in advance. There we go. Hello, everybody. This is David Dowdy speaking. Do you want a YouTube channel that has variety of content such as TV shows, blogs, game shows, interviews, gameplays, podcasts, skits, live streams, and many more content for you guys to enjoy? Well, check out the David Dowdy Network on YouTube. You will see a lot of fun content for you guys to enjoy, created by yours truly, David Dazzle. Go to www.youtube.com slash David Dazzle and enjoy the David Dazzle Network. Friend, back to you. Well, thank you very much there, uh, Mr. David, and along with Danny and Jesse and Alex Paris. But yes, um, for my second topic I'll be talking about, which is Dark Side of the Ring Season 3. Man, I am looking forward to this season, for Season 3. I mean, for this first, for the third season to start off, we we got many, like, we have Brian Pillman. Mm. And then, and have you guys heard of the name Nick Gage? I have heard of him. I've heard of him. Oh yeah, and he was the current GCW uh, now the current GCW heavyweight champion of the world by defeating uh, Rick and Shane Page during a uh, WrestleMania week. And then I would like to talk about the uh, the 
the uh, the standoff between uh, Gage and Moxley. Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. I would like to talk about more, but that'll be another story and a whole nother time time on that one. But you know, I'm excited for this. Of course, I got we already already mentioned uh, Brian Pillman, Nick Gage, and there's many more on hand as we got. Uh, got oh yeah, collision in uh, Korea. Mm. The Ultimate Warrior. God rest his soul. Mm, he's been through a lot. Yes. Uh, Grizzly Smith. And also, finally, but certainly not least, Dynamite Kid. Uh, a lot of stories there. Yeah, I, and I'm looking forward to this season, you know. So, with season three, they might this might will reveal uh, Nick Gage this first one but in reality it's brian pillman but i will do a review on that yep i will do a review on brian pillman when he gets to that time so with that being said that'll be the end of my uh, second topic so eric third and final topic yeah my third final topic you know i i covered a lot of things as you know uh being a, a man of 44 years old um you 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 like a lot of things and i like wrestling i like game shows but another thing i like is old school cartoons or you know toy figures from back in the day and i decided that one of my favorite cartoons to watch is transformers so this is my did uh, my personal top five trans favorite transformers of all time i'll start with number five ultra magnus cool looking cool looking truck the colors and everything is totally awesome now everybody would say why isn't optimus prime Everybody likes Optimus Prime. Everybody does. Uh, I respect Optimus Prime. Uh, number four, Grimlock. If you watch the cartoon, he's funny as heck. You know, I'll never forget one of my favorite episodes, Grimlock's new brain, when he accidentally chewed on the wires and he became super smart, which is, and he and, uh, created Computron, uh, a.k.a. the Technobots. All right. And number three, Blaster. I've always loved boombox radios. Blaster was one of them. Uh, and talks like a radio DJ. I love Blaster. Number two, Soundwave. The voice is cool. Totally awesome. Frank Welker does an awesome job. Soundwave is the coolest. He's my favorite Decepticon of all time. And my number one favorite uh, personal top five tra favorite Transformer of all time, Rodimus Prime. Rodimus Prime. And you, it, when you have like a, uh, like almost like a sleek, almost like Lamborghini-like car, and it has a big truck behind it, it you can't beat that. And that's one of my so these are my top five personal favorite transformers of all time that will be my third and final topic all right leon your third and final topic i think i know which topic i'm going to talk about i shared this on my facebook page back in march but i'm going to go over this again for those who weren't aware the story that i'm going to be talking about was aired on inside edition on july 28th of last year you know how we're getting the stimulus checks and stuff, right? There's this one guy in Florida who decided to abuse that money and made fraudulent bank statements. And guess what this guy decides to do with it? Buy a Lambo. But unfortunately for him, the Department of Justice got on his ass and he's now in prison because of it. <laughs> Dumb people. 
play, yeah. play dumb games, win dumb prizes. Yeah. And you ain't getting shit. <laughs> Except, Except a, a sentence in jail. Yes. Ain't that the truth. So that'll be it. You're the third and final topic, Leon. Yep. All right. And the last two are mine. All righty. So the third one I'll be talking about, which I know it's not confirmed yet, but I'll still be talking about, which is WWE WrestleMania Backlash. But I played this hashtag dumbest pay per view name in existence. Yes, exactly, Leon. Thank you. But yes, it's. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why you had to put WrestleMania and then you and after that backlash? I'm just keep just keep backlash in there in the. Yeah, it's like that. Just call it backlash. I mean, that was. Why would they call WrestleMania backlash? Maybe the backlash after WrestleMania, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that was a, a good idea, but but no, they don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> Freaking idiots! But either way, get back on track. We have the uh, just confirm uh, matches that are going to happen. You know, just not for now, but you know, but just when it gets to the final card, though, then it will. This one will be for the WWE Championship, which is uh, Bobby Lashley, the, the almighty WWE Champion Bobby Lashley, to be more that way. Mm-hmm. Taking on, yet again, Drew McIntyre. It'd be very interesting to see where um, T-Bar and Mace will go with this now that they have their masks off. Are they gonna, there's still just a question of whether or not they've associated themselves with MVP and Lashley. Time will tell. So it'll be very interesting, that matchup, nonetheless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the Universal Championship, which I personally call that the Blue Viagra Pill. <laughs> Blue Viagra Pill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that match is happening. Who is, who is Roman Reigns facing? Yes. I'm glad you asked, Eric. And it's none other than Cesaro. Oh, awesome. Cesaro's got himself a title shot. That's. I, that's that was the first I've heard of this, so it'll be very interesting to see what how these two gentlemen will hook up. I think you know people want to see Cesaro in in this type of main event matchup, and we'll see what happens. I'm hoping Cesaro walks out with a championship. Oh my God, Michael, <laughs> that's funny. But either way, next we got we got the next one. We got the SmackDown Women's Championship, and it's going to be a rematch. We got the French. The fresh princess of of good old WWE, Bianca Belair, defending mm-hmm. her title against the boss, Sasha Banks. Ah. Rematch there. I'm sure all both of these ladies will go at it once again. It'll be it will be something to uh watch. I'm looking forward to that matchup once again. These ladies uh main evented WrestleMania night one. And yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to see what um, see what they can do for an encore. All right, and we got the next one, which was which is the uh, Raw Women's Championship. The the champ Rhea Ripley defending her title, not one, but two stars in a triple threat match against 
the uh, former champion uh, the, of Oscar, and the one the one woman I'll talk about after this, which I will get to in the moment. <sighs> As I like the which drum likes to call it, which I'll give him credit where credit is due. The Android 18 female version of Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair. Uh, then, then something must be going on then because if they said that she's suspended indefinitely, you know, she wouldn't be in that matchup. Oh, yeah, which I'll get to that in a moment. But, yes, I mean, you know, I mean, with Rhea, though, I mean, as now the champion going into, I like to still call it backlash, but, you know, I, but either way, I mean, they should have gotten a proper rematch between just Rhea Ripley and Asuka, but, you know, I I can understand that, but still, why you got to have to do a triple threat? And just, but either way, I won't say, but I digress. Mm. And then we got the Intercontinental Championship online. We got Apollo Crews defending his title against, in a rematch, against Big E. Mm. He owes Big E a rematch. After what Commander Aziz, a.k.a. Dabakato, a.k.a. Babatunde, did to him at WrestleMania. And that, that guy is huge. He's near seven feet tall. And and Apollo Crews picked pick picked a good person to watch his back. So Yes. Yeah. Uh, before I end this uh, uh uh actually two actually three to be more specific. Leviagra pill might be high. Oh my god. <laughs> is, is it is it because of the blue man blue man group? Oh boy. Oh ouch. Edinburgh, that, and Michael Bombardier. Bardia says Charlotte Flair is the Roman Reigns of Raw, more like the Roman Reigns of the women's division of Raw. You know what? Yeah, that, that's true. But yeah. either way, that will be do it for my third and final topic. And for my main event topic, which you mentioned, you mentioned, Eric, which is the Charlotte Flair got suspended. Mm, talk about that. Let's go. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. And before I get into that, I would like to thank uh, a big congratulations to Rowdy Ronda Rousey expecting their uh, first baby. Big congratulations to that. Good, very good. But yes, back to the topic for my main event, which will be the Charlotte Flair suspended and fine one hundred thousand dollars. A hundo, as uh, Xavier Woods would call it. Yes. And I will read this off transcript from uh, off the WWE app, saying this in quote: During the April 19th edition of Raw Talk, WWE official Adam Pearce broke the news that Charlotte Flair has been indefinitely suspended and fined, of course, $100,000 for her unprofessional conduct on Monday Night Raw, as well as physically abusing an official. That. And of course, they are. They she already been uh, escorted from the building for that. And yeah, that's what that's what she gets though for um, meeting up an official. So, so, Leon, what are your thoughts on this? I'll be perfectly honest. I've been very critical of Dewey about their. Findings in specific. I don't know if that's even legal for them to do because I know they do a lot of 
shady business practices and whatnot, but I'm not sure if they can actually do that legally because some companies can do that legally, but I don't think Dougie has the power to do that. Yeah, um, Eric. The question is, how did she get reinstated? Something must have happened behind the scenes that we don't even know. Yeah. I guess we'll find out next week on Monday Night Raw to find that out. Yep. And mm, with that being said, that'll be the end of my uh, my fourth and final topic. And we'll go ahead and go for another 30, 30 minutes. And I know that that, oh, man. Mm. Any questions? And if not, then we'll end the show right here, right now. Any questions out there? Since we're on the topic of Charlotte, I do want to tell a funny story that happened when I still had Twitter. I actually got blocked by her at one point. <laughs> Charlotte Flair? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Charlotte Flair is also a little upset at Dave Meltzer because Meltzer was dissing her about her physical appearance. And she, and she is getting ticked off by it. And uh, so I responded by saying, well, Dave Meltzer? You mean Dave Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, oh, I'll explain what happened. So this was when Rhonda was expected to do the main event. I forgot what Charlotte said exactly, but I tagged her in a tweet, and I said, can someone remind the queen bitch Charlotte that when Rhonda was champion?" In UFC, she was in NXT, pretty much a nobody. And she also got butt hurt and took that to heart. And she hit the block button within a drop of a fucking dime. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, hey, you know, Charlotte did, did accomplish the Grand Slam championship. Now with Ronda going to be out for a while. Obviously, she's not coming back to the ring anytime soon. So, uh, like I said, the women's division, both Raw and SmackDown, need, need some help. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking about releasing Mickey James and the Iconics, but uh, a lot of changes need to be made in that women's division. We're both uh, Raw and SmackDown because look at NXT, look at their women's division. Stacked at the core. Like Eric Snow's been saying, a tower of power. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, go to Charlie's stream. Look what he changed his picture to. Oh, what the hell did he do now? Charlie? Oh, oh my God. What is Charlie up to now? Oh, is, my God. Jack Gowan on the show, Charlie. Do you have any special guests of your own? You should be getting guests of your own like Brandon has. Brandon's one of the smartest guys ever. Come on, Charlie. Do better. Oh, my God. Do better. Uh, son of a bitch, Charlie. God damn it. Unbelievable. I, I have, I got words to say to Charlie. Oh, you just wait. Oh, I got plenty. But, you know, I want to keep it professional as I can be. Oh, yeah. In case you missed it, Eric, he changed his profile image on StreamYard to Charlie. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. That is oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. Oh my god. 
right. Oh, okay. There's a comment saying that's like seeing Cameron Grimes getting booed multiple times at NXT events. <laughs> Cameron Grimes, that guy's funny. I heard it. Cameron Grimes, dude, I'm a. <laughs> I mean, came a long way being Trevor Lee, the X Division champion on Impact. I mean, he, and dude, he got outbid by Ted DiBiase. It was hilarious. Ted DiBiase! Oh, man, that was hilarious. <laughs> I got to admit, that was. Oh, Cameron Grimes. I love Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes! Yes. I think he has his name. He has his name like that. Cameron Grimes! Kids, migrants! And you can with a catchphrase for now. Kiss My Grits was a catchphrase from back in the late 70s, early 80s on a show called, a sitcom called Alice. And it was um, quoted by a, a, a lady, a red-haired uh, woman named Flo, played by Polly Holiday, who I think believe, I believe played Jill's mother in Home Improvement, if I'm not mistaken. So, so I think... Yep, and you know we're almost at ten o'clock here, and uh, the main event is Eddie Edwards going one on one with EY. So they have a huge eight man tag for Rebellion Impact, Violent by Design, Diener, Rhino, and Joe Doring, and along with Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, Chris Saban, and James Storm. That's a heck of a, t- a heck of a team right there itself. So, mm-hmm. that's how I. And the Red Sox are winning three to two. The I'm multitasking, you know. No, oh, it's tied up. Sorry about that. The Red Sox get a chance to untie it. Three to three. Seattle and Boston went back and forth. I, I tell you, having Zach Gowan on, Zach Gowan did open, I, an eye opener of his interviews. You know, and uh, I'm glad he answered all like, my questions too. I try to be careful not to ask him the dumbest questions ever. Oh yeah, that's a fully understandable. It's it's. It is a challenge trying to ask uh, somebody who has been on TV a question, and he's like, "You've seen this guy in action, you know what he's all about." Like I said, I don't know because I I had a feeling that he was going to say that he has not watched the current product of the WWE. Because I figured I was thinking that when I was looking at the, and, uh, the cruiserweight division in NXT 205 Live, I've already already thought of Zach Gowan. That's why I've asked him that, you know, because I've already I've already thought of him because like if if he still wrestled for the WWE uh, and he was he would have been part of the 205 live crew because you know he would have he would have succeeded there you know what i mean you know so um he would been bring the veteran presence to that division so i gotta say it's you know it it was an honor having him and and he's an inspiration i'm glad he's doing something, doing something positive for what he went through and you know he's he's doing something positive with with his post career and i think uh that's awesome he does so it's great having him on again. He's awesome guest we had so far. Yes, absolutely. You know, and sorry to cut you off there, but you know, um, one of my friends uh recommended me to get Ricky Morton again, you know, to be to have him on the Flex Network, you know. Yeah, it's like that. Um, my friend uh Eric Snow, which he was on on the Facebook uh, live chat on yeah. the Fox Network, you know. Shout out to Eric Snow, the snowman, the informer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the snowman. I, that, that's, that's great. <laughs> the informer. Like, I'm looking at Eric's, I'm looking at snowman, the rapper, inform, uh, those informer. You're trying to do that song for you. Get it, dude. <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, so yeah, shout out to Eric Snow, uh, M Michael Bombardier, of uh, all these guys, and uh, ZTB21, uh, and uh, let's see who else did. Amber Spencer was the first one, and Jay Houston. Thank you guys for commenting and for giving us the support. Hangman Charlie, whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatever. Yes. You say we suck, but we got Zach Gowan on the show. Beat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like uh, having Triple H, like it, which is not the real one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. And Tony Montana. Good oh, gosh. Say hello to my little friend. Yeah. <laughs> Macho Man, Randy Savage, God rest his soul. Uh, ooh, yeah, dig it, yeah, brother, yeah. Tell old pro to treat me sour, funky, like monkey, ooh, yeah, dig it. Eric Snow, like, the, is a Macho Man fan, can tell with the comment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Randy Savage impression, but. Yeah, you, you still do good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, oh, gosh, like, along with many others, um, uh, Zeta, will have, I would love to have Zeta back on the show, you know, to be on the first time on the Flex Network. <laughs> and another one I that I did earlier in the year, in this year, bring back Just Incredible. Right. Yeah, I recently saw him on the GTS Toy Show. He fought against uh, Grimm a couple of times, the GTS Wrestling. Um, Got to give a shout-out to Grimm. Um because GTS Wrestling is very entertaining as well, very funny, um, more of a comedy, comical action there. And a few with LTW, uh, you know, Jersey Wrestling is, uh, you know, they're very passionate about their wrestling. And oh um, yeah, absolutely. Shout out, shout out to uh, Grimm's Toy Show. Um, silly Super, Silly Super Pop is the YouTube channel name because he's honoring his grandfather by that way, and uh, you know, and just you know. It's very, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's very entertaining, you know. So it is, yes, absolutely. And you know, I will, you know, this guy, you know, although it will be down the road sometime, uh, the most marketable uh, man, you know, professional wrestling, uh, the current Caribbean heavyweight champion, uh, Rick Holiday. Yep. Uh, and it was him, Hammerstone, and Friedman once formed a dynasty. MLW. Speaking of MLW, I got recently followed by Selena De La Renta. Oh, yeah, same here. Uh, and, and Selena knows I'm a wrestling fan. And I'll tell you one thing. She has got an attitude like you never believe. As one pop, a premier manager. I mean, imagine if she signed on with either some of these, like either WWE, AEW, or even Impact. How much of that impact she would be as a manager it's gonna be like it, it it could be just it, it could be just um you know it could be just mind-blowing what she can do and she's very impressive so far and she's i've uh, also subscribed to another um wrestling channel known as swe fury tv oh yeah they had molina managing big cast under a different name um mm -hmm. Alina Dolorenta is managing the Blood Hunter. So, yeah. and, she, and she's also managing Mel Mascares, the Los Pox, on MLW. She's really got 
she really got an enterprise going. And I think she and bringing the art of manager back in Selena Dolorenta could do that if she goes either to if if she decided to go to either AEW or WWE or Impact, she can bring the art of manager back. I really believe she can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Selena De La Renta, uh, she is also feuding with uh, the MLW uh, correspondent uh, Alicia too. Alicia too. Oh, yeah. You see, though, they're going back and forth with the rapping and all that, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Hyper cat fight one on one, man. That's. Yeah. Yes, I mean to be honest, so good gosh, that was. Both that ladies are beautiful. Right. I have to give them that. They are beautiful. It, but that's what makes it difficult for me to choose. You know, but Selena, but Selena, like I said, Selena's got the uh, the uh, the resources to win out this fight. But then... <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, that was like... And then, my, you know, it's like one of those things, like, that Selena won... For drawing and the drawing contest, Alicia yeah. uh, winning uh, the freaking what do you uh, the singing contest, <laughs> and Selena yeah. yet again won the rap, mm -hmm. and then and then to be and to be very funny though about this that uh, that freaking Alicia was gonna tell the secret and all like, and, and he was like just kidding bye and then. And then <laughs> Gets out of there, it's like, <laughs> and, and and then Selena was telling her like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it'll be something that um, be very interesting to see. Selena De La Renta loves to cause trouble, and she caused a lot of trouble. So watch out for her if she ever comes to AEW, WWE, or Impact. Like I said, I think she's gonna flip everything upside down at that point. So yeah. But right now she's causing havoc and in, in LLW let her do that because she's not a good thing going. Yes. And plus she is a executive executive producer of Yeah, I think she won't go anywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. If she's an executive producer, I mean she she's not gonna go anywhere for right now. But well, in yeah. the future, who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So watch out for Selena Delarenta. Yes. You know. <laughs> oh, man. But either way, with anything else to add on to the mix? Any questions? Probably not really, but it's all good nonetheless. Mm. Well, I think we'll just go ahead and close off the show and say thank you guys so much for watching this. The Flex Network presents Rants and Rape Podcast Episode 80. And a big... Uh, a lot of people who are I do have one request if I can make one. Since this is my first day as co-host, mind if I share my end screen? All right. We'll do that. Go ahead. And for those who are fans of my channel... I'm going to leave you with this, and hopefully I'll see you again. Yes. All right. There we go. All right. And now we'll do it. Leon. Yeah, check out Leon's, uh, Leon's stuff on his socials. Check out me and my socials. You want to friend me on Facebook at Eric Lima? Go right ahead. 
uh follow me on twitter as well uh, em lima ranger 77 so you can follow me there as well if you like to i have an instagram as well at the people's lima i'm all over the place on the internet not this here i'm everywhere so take me out if you can. yes absolutely well that being said of course uh next week will be uh which i won't be here on the show however i'll say at least this that i could say we'll have a brand new uh, co-host uh, filling in for me which is now then we already had mentioned on the chat which is eric snow will be joining us so looking forward to that with me working and i will go ahead and put the links in the description uh, on the chat excuse me for some good old information if you guys want to Check out the merch store. It's already in there with the feature with the Fight Martin Fight uh, T-shirt and the others. Oh, and hello there, Mr. Mason. Yeah, Mr. Mason, what's up? Why you always come in before when we have to close? Bro, where were you before, man? Yeah, I know. but Timing. <laughs> Timing, my friend. You would have. Uh, but you can watch this video again. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, too. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. But yes, either way, though, yeah. of course, like I mentioned, all the links will be, be put in the chat below, as always. And with that, after I do all that, and I'll be using my closing. So that being said, after I get all that in. And one more, and boom. And... Until it pops up onto the uh, onto this one, and and I'll close off, and and because I got work, and unfortunately, guys going live went. Oh, that's fully understandable, Mason. Oh. But either way, folks. Oh, that's, okay, gotcha. But yes, either way, folks. Keep ranting and raving. Later. <laughs>